Excuse me. <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so funny because I, I just recorded with Nikki like a week and a half ago or so yeah. and my whole thing was like I love my job it's so good <laughs> they let me do anything and yeah. then yeah I got fired last week so you just got fired for being a dick right uh well you know <laughs> but you were being a dick on purpose right sure I thought you said that you wanted to quit your job and I told I, you no I so I didn't want to quit my job I just didn't want to work anymore oh <laughs> <laughs> Now you're saying things and that then, are incriminating And yourself. then I was like, well, I mean, you know, kind of didn't want to... I liked working there, but I was just... I, I needed more time for to record, to do things, to right. write and stuff. And then uh, I was like, I'm going to be uh, a little more dickish than usual. And right. And they let me go. And I was like, wow, it didn't take much. Yeah, <laughs> no. You didn't have to do my trick. Which is, say you want to unionize within earshot of your boss. Yeah, well, see, I was like, last case scenario, I'll do that, but I don't mm -hmm. want to alienate them. Yeah. And then, just by being a dick, I did that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have just been like, union sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that would have done it. Yeah. The only problem with that is that if other people want to do it, you're like, fuck, now I'm doing a union drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, the job that I interviewed for is like partially an HR thing. Yeah. And I'm like, if if there was ever a unionization attempt, I would have to be like, hey, so guys, I need to publicly be super against this. <laughs> but I'm super. <laughs> but I want you to know I'm a communist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Megan, thank you for joining your your uh, Vancouver based comic. Mm -hmm. You've been doing stand up for a while. Yeah, um, I started in 2015, um, like August of 2015, and then I bombed really hard that September and then didn't do comedy for six months. So it's I'm sure like, that's not the worst bombing that happened in September anyway. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Although I, I yeah, it was uh, not a good time. <laughs> I brought my ex-boyfriend to a show and he was like the first time that he was miserable at a comedy show and I was like, I hate this. Yeah. What, what got you into stand-up? Um, I actually had a roommate who, okay, so this is going to be kind of shady, Yeah. but you know how sometimes people <laughs> do comedy three times a year and then never talk, never stop talking about being a comic and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like when basically you're professional, that was kind of her. Yeah. So she talked endlessly about it, but didn't actually do comedy, but she kept being like, you should do comedy or funny. And I'd never really been told that much. Like I wasn't like... I'm not, like, the funny person at a party. Mm. Um, and I was like, I don't know about this. And then I would say something, and she'd be like, write that down. That's a joke. And I just kind of realized that, like, okay, so my writing is not, like, over-the-top crazy storytelling. It's more, you know, like, witty. Well, you, you've seen my stand-up. It's a little bit more, like, witty remarks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. And then I ended up um, doing stand-up with someone I knew um, through her that did stand up and basically I was like I want to go do this but I don't want anyone to know will you go with me so I don't have to sit by myself and I went to 12 Kings <laughs> and that fucker I'm allowed to swear right yeah that fucker went and told all of our mutual friends and they all showed up and I was so mad <laughs> I was furious like I just wanted to go do it in silence and not have anyone know but no I had like a table of 10 people oof yeah I did, I think my first one was at Yak Yaks, and the second one was at Twelve Kings, and I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out. But yeah, I had, you know, just like all my friends come out and support me. Um, yeah, no, it was, I had a, you know, I was one of those people that like did really well off the top, and then <laughs> the first time I bombed, it was like, oh, I'm just going to do, I'm going to bomb for the next three years. Yeah. I may have gotten a laugh on the first one. I remember for like the third or fourth open mic, I wrote something and I was like, oh, this is an actual joke. Mm. Now, even if I bomb, I'm like, eh, like it doesn't even f feel bad. I don't know. Yeah. Some bombs, people are like, oof. And I'm like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. 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 I think when was the last time I bombed and it hurt? You know, if I bombed somewhere that I was trying to do well. Oh, yeah. That hasn't like, happened yet. 
Right. Like, if I bomb at a paid show, that yeah. hasn't happened yet. And right. I, I know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I think when... Now I define a bomb differently than I used to. Right. Now it's, like, if I'm hitting jokes that I know work, and, I, and I'm and i fucking up, like, if I'm the one stumbling and I'm not having a good set, I'll consider that a bomb, even though people just think that I did well. But it's, like, I'm so used to... This is gonna sound really, like, braggy, but, like, I'm used to cr- crushing my book yeah. shows, right? Like, I'm not... I'm obviously not, like, a professional comedian, but the way that I write my jokes is very, like, set of punchlines, set of punchlines. So I'm used to getting a certain, like, laugh per minute, and when I don't get it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is what that feels like. (laughs) For me, it's like, I know these jokes doing well at a show, and if people aren't laughing, and I'm not fucking it up, then I'm like, oh, it's it's on them. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to a certain extent that's true, but I also, like, I tend to get in my head a little bit. Yeah, obviously I work on election campaigns, and my brain is always fried, like, two weeks after. And this time around, I tried doing comedy while I was in the middle of, like, the throes of an election. And it was such a bad move. Cause the election I, campaigns for Canada? For Canada, yeah. And you earlier said you were a communist. Oh, yeah. No, I, well, I mean, I was joking about being a communist. Yeah, right. I'm an anarchist. But, yeah. No. Yeah, I. it's um, interesting because I was not as left-wing when I got into it. And I'm just really good at working on elections like I'm like a god tier edict coordinator like I'm so it's the, the only professional thing that I feel like I can say that I'm like incredible at but I'm also losing faith in the electoral system so I'm in a very awkward position <laughs> where I'm like having to convince you know volunteers to come out and do the thing but in the back of my mind I'm like and nothing will fundamentally change <laughs> Because the wealthy will not allow you to vote their power away. What is a um, Pearson quote? What is her first name? Doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) So famous anarchist writer. uh, So how does dating come into all this? Yeah. Okay. So how does how does dating? You know, it's funny, like, I haven't really dated very many people that I'm super politically uh, aligned with, but I also, until very recently, have been dating people that I don't want to be in a relationship with on purpose. So that you don't get in a relationship? Yeah, so there was a lot of me, like, mostly just fucking people I have no respect for, which is so, that's such a bad... It's bad for, like, it was bad for my sex life, but also, like, looking back on it, I feel like a garbage person. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was, like, sleeping with people where I was like, you're kind of not a good person. <laughs> but I'm not either, because I'm still fucking you, so. <laughs> like, nobody, like, racist or, like, transphobic or anything like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, ever that bad, but have I fucked some libertarians? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, there, there's a lot of people where I'm like, I'm just going to not talk to you about politics because we're not going to be. But it's so funny that, like, I don't talk to any of my dates about politics. Like, that's, I mean, also I'm not that political, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, So I don't talk about those things with dates either. Right. But it's funny that your go-to is like, oh, we're not aligned? Great. We gotta. I enjoy arguing with libertarians and like not even arguing because like most of the time if you talk to someone you don't politically agree with you can always find a little bit of common ground right right if it's someone who's like you know one of the things libertarians will say a lot of the time if we're on the same page is like i believe strongly in capitalism but what we're dealing with right now is in capitalism it's oligarchy like that's someone i can have a conversation with Mm. right do they want to lick Elon Musk's boots? Yes, for sure. And I can't respect that in a person, but I can have a conversation with them. You know what I mean? But also it's hard for me not to be political on a date because they ask me what I do for work. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way for me to not answer questions about like what I do with my free time, especially because I don't like talking about the fact that I do comedy because I predominantly date men. Like I'm bisexual, but I go on more dates with men. Uh, Yeah for reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. And uh, I just, I don't want to listen to a dude's take on po- on comedy if they've never done comedy. Mm. Or actually even more so if they have done comedy three times. Like that's someone that is just fucking unbearable to have a conversation with. But yeah, I, so I, it's impossible for me not to because they'll ask me like what I do. I'm like, well, I'm involved with the tenants union and they go, what is that? And I'm like, oh, we hate landlords. 
And then mm. you'd have to get in a conversation. So there's no way for me to avoid it because right. there are two, I have two things that make up my personality <laughs> and they are comedy and politics and there's just nothing else for me to talk about. <laughs> so there's That's the, a fair point. I never thought about like not telling people about comedy oh. up until you said it. Because when I go on dates, I it's on my profile that yeah. I do stand up. But then if like someone's introducing me to a guy outside yeah. of comedy, I won't tell him I do stand up. Yeah. For the for the exact same reason because just, yeah, every guy do. thinks they can do stand up. Oh, they all do. They're like, yeah. oh, if only I didn't have stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Or yeah. like, I just haven't done it yet. Like, I'm so funny and I'll basically be famous right away. I just like right now in my life, I don't have time for a Netflix special, so like, I can't. <laughs> um, there is okay. This is. I think he's probably gonna hear this, but there is a an amateur comic right now who's like doing pretty well. Yeah. And I met him first through Bumble, and he asked me to help him write jokes. Aww. And but I was like, this is the thing is like that comes up so often. Like I've been asked really? to help someone write jokes so many fucking times. But could it just be like an excuse to go on a date or hang I, out? I mean, it could. B, but I think, like, I know in this case, like, he really wanted to do comedy. Yeah. And, like, he's doing really well. And, like, he stuck with it, to, much to my frustration, <laughs> because I don't... Did you help him write jokes? No, I did okay. not help him write jokes. So what I did was, and he took this not super great, but I suggested a comedy class, because I was like, I'm not going to do that. Because, I, like, one of the things with me is because... I haven't really, like, I'm really, like, um, flighty about getting in a relationship, so I don't do any, like, girlfriend-level shit. Yeah. And that's pretty girlfriendy. That's, well, I mean, it's not really girlfriendy, but, like, I don't, I don't want a man to hand me a bunch of emotional labor when all we're doing is sleeping together. Like, I can't, like, I had one guy, when I first started dating while I was in a, like, open relationship... Who wanted me to help him find a job and like write his resume, basically? And I was like, no. There's services for that. Yeah. What? What's like? I'm just here yeah. so you can put your dick in me. Like I don't care about your financial situation at all. It's funny because I'm on the other side of this. Right. Like I would be going out with someone and they would it, offer to do things for me, and I'm like, no. Yeah. No. This is, <laughs> we're not gonna. No. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're, I, I know that we've had conversations where, like, you also are kind of, like, flighty about a relationship. And... I mean, it's just not a good time, you know? Yeah, it's, which is interesting because now I'm at a point where, like, I could do it. I'm pretty confident that I'm no longer flighty, but, like, I was also in a really bad relationship mm. for, uh, going on seven years. Wow. Yeah. What made it bad? Um, yeah, so when I started comedy, I was, like, in an abusive relationship. Okay. Uh, and comedy is kind of like officially what broke us up mm. because the th okay. So this is a lot of people. Almost everyone who starts comedy ends up leaving their relationship. Oh. Very few people stay together over the years. Um, and one of the reasons is that suddenly you're not home. Mm. That's like a big part of it. I don't think it's like it's low. Like is it a causation or correlation? I think personally that people are drawn to comedy when they don't want to be at home. Okay. If you're running away from something, basically. And that's kind of what, like, I didn't want to be home. Well, the other one could be that people are more reflective of their relationships yeah. and life. Oh, for sure, When yeah. they do stand up, because mm -hmm. that's where they yeah. write their material from. So they're like, oh, that is kind of fucked up, I guess. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. definitely a part of it. Um, but I also know a lot of people who've been, like, literally like, yeah, I hated my, I hated my spouse. <laughs> And I um, wanted to be somewhere on a Tuesday. Um, well, I'm thinking about a few people, right? Yeah, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of prominent examples of that. And I was one of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a bad relationship. Um, I was 21 when we got together. Hmm. And he was 31. Oh. Yeah. So can you imagine at your age dating, like, a 20-year-old? I mean... <laughs> Seriously, though. Seriously. Like, like sleeping with, sure. But, yeah. like, dating, dating? No. Yeah, that's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and he was also, I'm pretty sure, asexual. So we just, like, did not fuck. We had sex, like, once every six weeks. And it was just because, like, we had to. Yeah. We like, we were, we were on, to. like, a, like, a 18th century French monarchy schedule of sleeping together. It's not, it was not good. It was bad. Um, and he, like, was really, like, repulsed by being around another human body. So it was rough. Have you talked about it? Um, yeah, the, the time that I finally, like, 
conf- we, we had an argument about it. Because one of the things that he would do is, like, if I was going out and doing something, he would be like, well, if we're going to have sex tonight, and it's like, we were never going to have sex tonight unless you're a- controlling me. Like, mm. this, was, this is what it's become now. It's become a tool to get me to do things. It's funny because usually, not usually, but the stereotype is women, oh, yeah. women withdrawing yeah. sex for control. But yeah, yeah, that's, he was doing it and yeah. he didn't want to be there. And I was like, I, and I think in that, because we never really argued, mostly mm. because I was just like, okay, yeah, we'll, I'll do that. Sure. Mm, it'll be done by tomorrow. Uh, so I didn't really fight back, but like, as I was going through comedy I was like finding my voice a little bit more and I also was financially independent because one of the things with the relationship is there's like a lot of financial abuse Mm. um so he kept me broke and dependent on him he kept you broke yeah so it would be like you know he had me we part of it was that I was having health problems but also like he right away he was like I'll pay for everything Ooh. so it was like uh keeping me financially dependent and one of the things that he would do that was really fucked up is like um, I've since been able to fix my teeth, but one of the things would be like, I'd be like, can I go to the dentist? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then I would not clean the house on time. And he'd be like, I don't know if we can afford the dentist. And it's like, you oh, work in the oil field, man. Like, I know you have money, Yeah. but it wasn't my money. Right. So I couldn't. So that was sort of part of it. It was also like really emotionally abusive. Like he was just like, he's not a great person. Uh, but I still have a split custody agreement with my dog with him. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> that um, whole dog thing a friend of mine she's recently divorced mm-hmm. her and her ex-husband share a dog and yeah. it's like a year old dog and i'm like get another dog yeah a year old Forget get a, a different for, i maybe it's max three years dude get another dog yeah it's I, I know it sucks in the moment get another dog yeah unless you have a dog that's like got a lot of health problems like if you're dealing with like a basset hound that's gonna one that's gonna go real fast. Sure. I think you should just go to the point of like, do you want to take care of it full time? No, I'll have it. Yeah. Or like, it's like a hot potato of who's yeah. keeping it kind of thing. I don't know. I I just feel like people are attached to things that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you love your dog. I love my dog so much, but I mostly did it because I didn't want my ex to kill himself. Oh. Uh, yeah, because that was the other thing that he would do is he would be like, so three dates in, uh, we're, we're doing trauma stuff now. Uh, three, three dates in, he told me that he was going to kill himself before he met me and that we were soulmates. And I was like, that's usually a red flag, huge red flag. But okay. So, but the thing is like, I grew up in like a really fucked up family. Yeah. Like really, like really, really, really messed up family. We got a glimpse of that. Yeah. (laughs) No, that was... I'm kidding. Yeah, that that wasn't that bad. You've never seen my mom at a show. My mom at a show is a nightmare, but um, I grew up in a really fucked up family, so I was like, oh, if he's not hitting me, this is good. Oh. So it was like, and this is a common thing with people who have like a lot of like interpersonal or like relationship trauma from like growing up is they will sort of seek out messed up relationships, but in my case... It was more that I didn't know that there was anything wrong with that. And, like, he knew that I had a messed up relationship. And this is, like, Taylor's oldest time. Like, I know so many people who had the exact same thing happen. You'll be in a bad relationship, but you grew up worse. And you'll just, the person will be like, oh, yeah, this is so much better. Like, I'm good for you. Or, you know, you complain about the situation you're in. And this this happened to me. It was like complaining that I wasn't happy or that he was being mean. And he would be like, oh, you know, this is just your trauma talking. Uh, your trauma is telling me that you know your trauma is telling you that you're not happy basically damn yeah so (laughs) dating (laughs) so no no no. but third third date he was like oh i was gonna kill myself yeah and you're soulmates so Mm -hmm. what was your reaction like yay Um, we're soulmates i okay so i have ocd yeah um it's like pretty under control now but i'll get like i have like invasive thoughts for sure um, but one of the things that will happen is sometimes I get a phrase stuck in my head and it just like runs like a, mm-hmm. like a, like it's like getting a song stuck in your head. Uh, and the entire time that we lived in Northern BC together, I would just think run, 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 run. And I was like, this is my mental illness, but it was not my mental illness. Oh I was like, God. you need to go. <laughs> um, and I literally right off the bat was like, <gasps> I need to get out of here. But we were, he lived like in the woods. Yeah. And he had to drive me everywhere because I didn't drive. So I was literally just like locked in. It was him driving me somewhere three hours away 
was getting away from that in that moment. So it wasn't like I couldn't just be like, and I'll be going. <laughs> so it was, yeah, I was really trapped in and my dad wanted, so he, my dad moved to like a really small community. My ex-boyfriend's family was fairly prominent in that community. Like his dad was the head of the Cattlemen's Association for a long, long time. And my dad wanted to get into raising cows. So when I dated their only son, basically. It was like a big deal. It was like, it was yeah. Like, you're and, setting up our family. Basically, yeah. yeah it, it, this I was like living Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, like I was living like a Jane Austen novel. I met him at the C- Cattleman's Ball Christmas party. Wow. Yeah, like it was like a whole thing, and he'd been single for such a long time, and so many women in the community tried to lock him down. He was single for a long time because he was asexual and had no drive to sleep with women. So of course he wasn't dating, but immediately interested in me, primarily because we both really like Waylon Jennings. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, it's a musician. Oh, okay. Exactly. And that's why. And he was like, oh, a woman who likes Waylon Jennings. And I'm like, I've never met someone who, because I didn't, I lived in Vancouver, so I yeah. didn't like know anybody else. And that was primarily what. What genre is that? It's country music. Okay. 70, 70s that country music. It. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it fucking slaps so hard. Waylon Jennings slaps so hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that happened. And then all of the women in the community were like angry at me and they did not like me. And it was just a weird, and it's funny because at the time, two of my best friends were Bengali. Uh, like we're still friends. We're still actually very good friends, but, uh, I came down and told them about it and they were like, they both started laughing and they're like, girl, you're in an arranged marriage. (laughs) Yeah. And they would message me like, how's the arranged marriage going? But yeah, it was like a white person arranged marriage because it was like both of the families wanted it to happen. And then I got locked in immediately. My dad kicked me out of his house because he wanted me to like seal the deal. Like it was just a bad situation. I was completely trapped immediately. And then I got stuck there for a long time, mostly because I was like having health problems. Yeah. Damn. Oh, just not, not good. I've done a lot of therapy about it. it, You guys have been together for seven years. Yeah. Was there talk of like marriage or kids or? Yeah. I mean, immediately. And I didn't want it. Um, his parents became very progressive and the moment we started dating, they were like, so when are you going to have a baby? Yeah. We're not. I'm 21. Like, we're, I'm not having... He didn't want kids and I didn't want kids. Oh. Which was perfect because if he wanted kids, I think I would have gotten, like, worn down enough to end up... With a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he wanted kids, just the way that he treated me, like, if we wanted kids, I would not have been able to not have kids. Oof. Yeah, that's really dark, but th- there, I don't think there's a way that I would have been able to get out of it. Yeah. Um, especially because we were living in a community and if I had gotten pregnant, it would have been very hard for me to deal with luckily we didn't have sex so oh man yeah Uh, this is very very was that your first relationship so i never really i well i had i dated one person for like three months and i didn't like him very much i just wanted to lose my virginity i was like very motivated to just like get that out of the way Hmm. uh and then yeah he okay so i've been in a relationship with an asexual guy and i'm pretty sure my first relationship was a closeted gay man so you know how to pick him yeah so like i've never dated someone that wanted to sleep with me which is crazy but it's like this it's funny the abusive relationship thing doesn't really bother me but this particular aspect does but yeah so he did not want to sleep with me uh and one of the funniest things that happened i've been meaning to make this a joke is i was like desperate just like get it out of the way i've been told my whole life all men want to do is like and he wanted to hang out with me and not do that. The one thing for him was to talk about Katy Perry with me. So <laughs> I didn't even like Katy Perry. <laughs> I just adopted a personality. I was like, I'm just going to be a different person. And that person is Katy Perry. Because I learned very early on at the time. And I think things have changed Like as I'm dealing with older people. When, when I was in high school, it was made very clear to me that no one wanted a smart girl. So I was 19 and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pretend to be stupid. Wow. Uh, So that means that I was in a three month relationship with someone who I thought was stupid (laughs) because we didn't talk about anything smart ever Um, because I would just like never talk about any of the things that I cared about, things like politics, stuff like that. So we would just be like on a date talking about, I don't even remember what we talked about. It was nothing. It was nothingness. How did you guys... 
Um, okay, so he was like a friend of a friend, and I was mm. out in Chilliwack. I grew up in Chilliwack. I was out there um, visiting my family, and my mom has always had like au pairs for my siblings, like nannies, living nannies. Right. And I took her to hang out with some of my friends, and he was a friend and, of this person, and she had two friends named Chris. One of them was her gay friend Chris, and one of them was her straight friend Chris, and I thought we were out with gay Chris. Oh. We were out with straight Chris. Because right. he was clearly, like, not... But, you know, at the time, this was a very progressive take, but I was not weirded out by the idea of dating a bisexual man. And this is, like, 2010. Now it's pretty standard. And, like, honestly, the amount of bisexual dudes I've slept with is, like, probably higher than actual straight men. In hindsight, because I just, like... I Seems like a lot of people are bisexual these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were always bisexual. It's just, right. It was way... Like, men could never admit that they were bi at the time. Mm. So, yeah, I, because I don't, at the time I had not, but I put a dick in my mouth. I'm not going to begrudge someone else for having done that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, when you said au pairs, I was like, I dated an au pair. Yeah. And then I might've sounded weird, but, uh, I went to Vegas with a couple of buddies of mine. Yeah. We met these South American girls yeah. and they were doing a pair in the U S and just on a road trip. Mm-hmm. So we did like a long distance thing for a bit. She yeah. came to visit a couple of times, but. Yeah. I don't know, it seems like a cool deal. Oh, super cool deal, yeah. yeah. Um, so I brought her with me to go party at Cultus Lake. Uh, you know my joke about surprise camping? No. Oh, I think I've... The joke is, like, to paraphrase it, someone went surprise camping, which is when you go camping and someone goes to visit you and oh, they get too drunk right. to leave and surprise their camping. We went surprise camping hmm. and not gay Chris had a vehicle and none of us did. And at one point in the night when we were all wasted and he seemed interested in me because he talked a lot about liking boobs and I had the most boobs. And <laughs> I sort of made the calculation that I was either going to sleep outside or sleep in his car. And the best way to be the person that slept in the car was to start making out with this dude. Um, <laughs> so we started making out and then we slept in the car together. Uh, and that's how I started dating him. Okay. So, yeah. The choices we made. Yeah, yeah, but I, like, my my brain has also been super weird, so that au pair um, really liked him, and I swooped in there, and she was salty because she wanted to sleep with not gay Chris, and surprise, neither of us would have slept with not gay Chris, but whatever, um, and then at a party, she kissed him in front of me one time, and then I'm bisexual, and at the time, I was like, hot. <laughs> I, yeah, so my solution was to just start making out with her. Yeah. Not gay Chris didn't, was not even into it. And was she into it? Uh, no, not really. She was into the attention, but she wasn't into it. I was like, the thing is, like, I was in middle school when Tattoo, do you remember the the group Tattoo? They were like, The Russian band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two girls, Their yeah, whole thing was that they made out in public. Yeah. Well, the trend at the time was making out with girls for attention. Right. Uh, and I did it a lot. Nice. Yeah, sometimes when people weren't paying attention, so it was like, you know, all the world's a stage. Uh, and But it, it took me a while to figure out that I was just like, I wanted to kiss girls. I didn't really care about boys mm. paying attention to me. Uh, so yeah, I know I made it up with a lot of girls, still do. Um, really bad for getting drunk and making out with women at bars and then never calling <laughs> them again. <laughs> it's like a real problem for me. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of a payback for all the men that get that anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's more like <laughs> I had a lot of mommy issues for a long time, so I've always been like stressed out about the idea of dating women, but mm. although oh, that's... I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> mommy issues. I'm kind of a fuck boy. Oh. It's probably becoming really clear to the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be less of a fuck boy. Same. <laughs> <laughs> We're recovering fuck boys. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just remembered the whole... Is it called Unicorn? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unicorn is... Yeah, I'm super down to do that. Yeah, so what is that? Okay, Unicorn is a woman who will sleep with a couple and wants to, and I am one of the people that wants to, as long as it's not a weird, gross, disrespectful situation. But yeah, no, I was for a long time trying to uh, pursue that particular activity. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way you said it. That particular activity. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like I'm going skiing. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, so you've, you've done it? Yeah, I, I've done it once. Okay. I had tried a couple of times to lock something down and COVID happened. But yeah, I slept with a couple and it was weird. How'd you find them? Um, I knew them ahead of time. Oh. And it happened sort of serendipitously. I'd been like, I had someone bail on a date and I was already like dressed as a date and I complained to the wife of this couple because we were friends. We were, like, trying to reconnect. We weren't super close, but we were, like, trying to be better friends. Like, we'd hung out, and then we were like, oh, let's... So, you know when you reconnect with somebody, you text them a lot? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made a joke about how I, like, got stood up, and she's like, well, I'm going to this uh, thing at Redgate. That was, like, a club night at Redgate, DJs or something. Can't remember what the show was. And she's like, you can come hang out with us. Like, basically, they were going through a breakup, the two of them. Oh. Yeah, so it was already a weird situation. And I made a joke with her about how I wore optimistic underwear. Oh. Like, completely a throwaway comment. And she was like, you know, we're open. And in my head, I was like, you're broken up. <laughs> and she's like, if you, if you want, you can so come home with us. they're going through a breakup and yeah. they broke up and they're still hanging out? Well, they had a kid together. Oh, okay. That's... So they were still living together. Right. The and, like, old they, marriage They thing. were going through it. Yeah, they were married. I, I, I totally forgot. I was like, breakup? You're just done. Never yeah, talk again. Yeah, they were like, you know, they were yeah. doing one of those slow, partial breakups right. where they might stay together. Um, so they're open. Yeah. And then her and I immediately started making out because that's what I do. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we went home together, uh, to their place in the downtown east side. They're not like destitute people. They just happen to live in the downtown east side. So we <laughs> walked yeah. there. Yeah. So we walked back there. Uh, and yeah, I slept with them and it was weird because they had a babysitter at the house. And the babysitter was like the super rad trans woman and her part and her girlfriend and like they they were so cool. And then they tried to get in on the three way, but I was like, I, I was having a panic attack because I'd never done it before, and I was like, I don't want to sleep with four people. Like yeah. a five way is not what I signed on for. This is already weird. In hindsight, I think it would have actually made it better right. because there would have been more going on. But I was just like having this weird like sex shame thing where I was like, I can't start with an orgy. <laughs> Like, I can't start there. You gotta, you gotta ease into it. Yeah, and then, but then I was like, if I call this off, I'm gonna maybe come off transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not. Like, I'd, I'd be down. Like, I have no qualms about, mm. like, I'll sleep with a trans person. I don't care. Um, you know, if I meet one that I want to sleep with, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do the thing. I was like, how do I broach this without making it seem like I just am, like, a turf? <laughs> like, how do I get out of this? So I had to like pull the wife aside and be like, I didn't sign up for sleep because they were like making out because they knew what was going on. And then it was like they were going to ease into it. And if I had had a three way before, I probably would have been like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. But I hadn't. So yeah, they tried to get in on it and I had to break it up. And like, I so I, I went to the wife whose name I'm going to try not to use by accident. And was like, I didn't sign on to sleep with five, like, being a five-way. Is yeah. there any... So then she mentioned it, and both the women were like, oh, yeah, okay, have a good night. Like, they took it, like, queer people who've probably done yeah. this kind of thing before, and they were immediately, like, respected the consent thing, totally brushed it off. They got their money for babysitting, and uh, they left. And uh, then I slept with a couple, and it was weird, and... What was weird about it? <sighs> She was really, um, anytime I was into something, she would be like, my turn now. Oh. So it was just like anytime I like used Slightly it. Slightly controlling. Yeah, it was definitely like a controlling thing and it was, and it made it bad yeah. and weird. Um, so yeah, it, it just like, wasn't the best experience, but it was also like, I knew that they were breaking up and they knew that they were breaking up and in my head... Like, you ever just, like, think a funny thought yeah. in your head and you, like, you chuckle to yourself even though it's, like, not actually your real feelings? But I remember thinking early on, like, I'm either going to break them up faster or save this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which one? I, I don't think it was either. I think they broke up. But it's funny because they had, like, a really messy breakup. After? Yeah, like, after. And, like, at one point, like, every once in a while, I'll see the husband post on Instagram about how, like, his tires got slashed. And I'll always be like, I wonder who did this? Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, she's, like, a little bit. She's got a lot of, like, problems. And I, I think that I just feel bad for him. All, all the best to both of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's definitely, like, maybe the better person. So there's, uh, I guess, you guys are not friends still? No, I just, some of the stuff that I saw her say, I was like, you're just, you're being, you're being extremely toxic, like, from the outside, and also... I feel like when you sleep with sometimes someone, sometimes you get a very clear window of who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was like, oh, you are maybe not the most giving person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was going to say earlier when you said turf, it, yeah. was, it was funny because the reason I know this mm-hmm. term is because I watched the Chappelle special. Oh, <laughs> Right, yeah, that's... The- I thought about it, and I was like, that's a funny... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's for the listeners, it's a... Uh, tr- what is it? Trans-exclusionary radical feminist? Yeah, yeah I think so. It's Transphobic like women that don't think that trans... Women are women. women. Are women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you dated women at all? Um, I've tried on a couple of occasions. It's, yeah. like, less frequent for me. Um... And part of it was, like, my own trauma a little bit with, like, having, like, a mom who... My mom is legit crazy. Mm. Like, I've seen my mom just, like, ruin someone's life for no reason. For, like, well, not for no reason, but, like, for a reason that is very insignificant. So I've always been, like, not always. I genuinely did therapy about this, and I... It's one of those things that I've managed to, like get out of who I am as a person. Wow. It was a lot of work where, like, I would meet women and be like, okay, just, like, bracing for impact because the woman that was closest to me was like that. Mm. And I just kind of thought that that's what all women were. Mm. So it was really hard for me to... so wild because you're a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was also a cool girl. (laughs) You know, not like other girls. (laughs) I look back on those times, like, so cringe. Like, nothing makes me cringe harder about who I was as a person as uh, being a pick-me-girl. Do you know what a pick-me-girl is? No. A pick-me-girl is, like, a girl who seeks male attention above all else and will just, like, throw other women under the bus to get it. Oh. Like, I love sports and, like, football and I drink whiskey. I'm one of the boys. It's, like, and that's their personality. And they tend to, like, you know, do things like defend rapists and... Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in the comedy forum. All right. That was oh. shady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. Yeah. Uh, um, so are you on dating apps? Yeah. I actually went back on the other day during the, the pandemic. Other day. Yeah. Which is crazy because like I was expecting it to go poorly because during the pandemic. So it used to be that if someone could demonstrate to me that they weren't a psycho for like 45 minutes of texting, I would be like, okay, let's go to a bar. Hmm. Just meet up. Like, I go. I would go to a bar where, like... Which I, isn't a very high bar. No. Yeah. It, it was always, like, I would rather meet you in person. Yeah. And I would go somewhere where I knew the bartender. Right. So that even if things went hairy, like, I would feel, you know... Semi-in control. Yeah. Yeah. And so that safe. would be... Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Luckily, I drink frequently, so I... <laughs> know a lot of bartenders. There were places where I knew that I could be safe. Yeah. Um. So I would always do that, because it was just, like, easier to get a vibe for someone... And I have this thing where I don't like being gross via text message with someone I don't know. Okay. Which I like. I know maybe seems like I'm kind of a prude, but if someone's like, mm, "What are you wearing right now?" I'm just no. like, "Gross." Yeah, no. And dudes are like that. And if if you're if you're like that within ten minutes of like, if I'm like, "Hey, how are you?" The the thing that always gets me is um, guys will be like, "What are you looking for on here?" And I'm fine with answering that question, but most of the time that I answer that question. And I say that I'm into something casual. The conversation immediately takes Let's a Let's fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you're going to want to fuck me immediately, right? Because you, you want to do that. And that's not how this works at all. Right. So they immediately become a problem. And it's now I'm like really cagey about answering that. But I mean, the truth is I'm down with something casual. Yeah. I just That doesn't mean that I'm going to fuck you. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get to treat me like shit. And that's a lot of the time dudes on apps, Mm. if they hear that you're down with something casual, they're like, oh, I can treat you like human garbage. Like, I don't do girlfriend level stuff for people I'm sleeping with. And I also don't do prostitute level stuff Mm. for people who are not paying me. (laughs) What's prostitute level stuff? Well, like, just, like, I'm... (laughs) Like sex right away, you mean? Well, no, that's fine. But you can't treat me like I'm disposable. Oh, right. 
we're going to do that. Like if we're going to be friends with benefits, like emphasis on friend, mm-hmm. like you have to treat me like I'm a person. You can't, like it can't be a one way street. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to message me horny at one in the morning, that's fine. I don't sleep. I will go to your house, assuming that it's not too far away. <laughs> but if I text you horny at one in the morning and you treat me like shit, like if you say no, that's fine. But if you're going to be like shitty about it, that's not a two way street. Right. Right. Yeah, you just, it has to be equal and it has to be mutual. And I'm fine with it being like that, but I'm not gonna, not gonna put up with someone treating me like I'm disposable. Makes sense. Recyclable at best. Um, Recyclable. Uh, Yes, but after I left my relationship, um, I actually broke up with him and I booked a therapy appointment for the next day. Like I knew I was going home and doing it. I had psyched myself up. Okay, so a comic that I had slept with when we opened our relationship because uh, for some reason my ex and I talked about having an open relationship the day before his dad's funeral. Wow. Yeah, no, it's like crazy. But I think it's because he knew that he didn't want to yeah. do sex as much and that I did. Um, and we, we talked about it and the thing was like, when, when the sex gets boring or infrequent, we'll do it. And I, that had always been a thing. He was okay with me dating women. Um, and then I had a comic try to sleep with me and I was into them. And, uh, was I, that already in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, oh, okay. yeah. This is when we moved back. Yeah. So I was into him and he hit me up and I was like, I just need to make sure that I'm in an open relationship. I'm not going to sleep with you without double checking that this is the thing. Yeah. So I did. And he was like, I thought you said you were going to do that when the sex got boring. And I was like, I don't know how to break it to you, but (laughs) we do missionary in the bed and it's bad. And it lasts five minutes. Like we're not, yeah, I'm sorry. the, The sex is bad. It's not good. So yeah, I ended up sleeping with that person. And then we fucked a couple of times and before I broke up with my ex, I messaged him and I was like, you get broken up with a lot. <laughs> Can I ask for advice on how to do this like the most humane way? It's his birthday, so I before Christmas and then all of the big holidays happen. And his birthday was in three weeks. And I messaged this comic and I was like, should I break up with him two weeks before his birthday? Or should I pretend all the way through the holidays and he was like do it now like don't pretend all through the holidays it's gonna hurt so much more uh if you do that so i'd already decided to break up and i went on inkblot and i found a therapist and i messaged that person like i'm getting out of an abusive relationship today i want to make sure that this never happens again can will you be my therapist and like that's a therapist's dream Like, that's immediately, like, they're, like, someone who actually wants to do something. Um, So, yeah, I had a therapy appointment the next day about it. What's Inkblot? Inkblot is, like, an online therapy platform. Oh. Yeah. Are you writing it down so you can go get therapy? (laughs) I'm going to Google it. (laughs) You're like, I need therapy, (laughs) but I don't want to cry in public. Um, Inkblot. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, so I made that a thing, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I had booked someone who also did, like, sex therapy. Oh, what's sex therapy? So someone who, like, helps you work through, like, sexual issues, so it was the Mm. perfect therapist, because I, when I confronted, this is one of the first questions you asked me, and we never got back to it, when I confronted him about his lack of sexual interest, he said that he didn't want to sleep with me because I was fat. Oh, wow. Uh, Which was, like, at the time, I was, like... All the other dudes I'm fucking are fine with it. Yeah. So it didn't really, like, hit me, and it's, like, post-COVID, it's been more prominent. I'm, like, it was a bad relationship. There's obviously a lot to unbox there, but so I was sleeping with, or sleeping with my therapist, oh my god. I was seeing my therapist, and I was like, I've dated a closeted gay guy and an asexual person, and that I slept with a few other people, and I don't know what's normal. And I was like, mostly as a joke, I'm like, should I just like sleep with a person a week for the next few months to just like get a par level? And she was like, I mean, if you want to, if you think that will help. And then she made a monster. (laughs) (laughs) She made a monster. I didn't even have to go to therapy to do that. No, yeah, you just, you were, yeah, that's, you didn't pay someone to come to that conclusion. 
But at the time I was a sales development representative. So my entire job was just like meeting people, building rapport and booking appointments. And I was just like, I brought that into my personal life a little bit. So it was just like, okay, these are the days I don't do comedy. These are the days that I can sleep with someone. And I would book book it up. I would book up my calendar and I slept with a lot of people and tried to just like get a idea of what was normal. And I think it <laughs> did it work? I think it did. Yeah. I think that it was good for me. Because how else are you gonna know what you like if you're not gonna get yeah. variety or? Well, one of the things that had happened: the first person I slept with after my ex, and the second person I ever slept with, he told me I was hot while we were having sex, which is a super normal thing. And I was like, "Am I in love with this man?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was immediately not. <laughs> But there was, like, four days after where I was like, is this love? (laughs) But it was like, no, no, it's, like, a very normal thing to say to someone when you're sleeping with them. Yeah. But I had never experienced that because, like, my ex would be, if he wanted to get out of sleeping with me or, like, make it happen faster, he would say something shitty about my body. Damn. You know, it's like, oh, it was so fucked. So it would be like, you know, if I was, like, taking too long to he'd be like you should have had a shower today and it would just be like so now i'm fucked like it's really now i've got some hang-ups obviously but yeah he, he would be gross specifically to manipulate me out of wanting to do the thing damn oh so fucked up so yeah someone being like you're hot is quite well i was like my my mind exploded and i was like is this love <sighs> What is going on? And then because I was immediately, like, I, I snapped out of it, like, three days later. Right. It was three days I was like, I'm in love with this person. And then three days later, it was over. I mean, we were still sleeping together, but it, it was immediately like, <laughs> no, this is a hardcore alcoholic who I don't even like that much as a person. Like, it was, like, immediately fine. I immediately figured it out. But, yeah, because that was my reaction, I was like, I need to sleep with a bunch of people and figure out what is normal how were you finding those people oh like bumble what was your criteria for um criteria okay um a person (laughs) this is the thing i didn't really have a criteria like i was just like i'll sleep with basically anyone who isn't like a unfuckable troll but then i got to a point where i was like i the first person i slept with after my breakup I was on a date with him and he was very nice and he really liked me, but I was like, I couldn't get into a relationship. He was such a, such a sweet man. But at one point I was like, I want to sleep with someone tonight, but also this guy feels like he needs a win. You know, like he'd been talking about how he'd like been, you know, he had also got out of a shitty relationship and like rebuilding his life. And he was just so nice. He recently found out that he was celiac and he was hitting him really hard. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to... Hell yeah. I'm going to make this guy's day. So then there was also like, it was doing a little bit of what I... Charity work? Yeah. Oh, have you heard me do this joke? <laughs> no. That was genuinely a joke that I've tried to do a couple of times where yeah. I was like doing, I was I was calling it charity work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was doing that. And like, it was mutually beneficial. I definitely like, I bang some really hot people, which is pretty impressive. And like, they were never going to date cool, me. Like office thing where Dwight was like they can both do better yeah (laughs) yeah you know I could I could have done better in the like being nice to me department and they could have done better in the superficial hotness department but yeah it was like I I just slept with a lot of people and I would have a therapy appointment every two weeks and the therapist would be like okay how many people do you sleep with what was your takeaway what do you feel like you learned from this how does this contrast to your messed up sex relationship is this still serving you like it was very and I didn't know that I was seeing a sex therapist I had literally no idea I was just like she's so progressive (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was really helpful and I think that I ended up going the other way with it but I was at a point where if a man like talked about me doing girlfriend level stuff I would have a panic attack as Mm. soon as they left my house so I was really, because I got tr- tricked, I got bamboozled into my first relationship, so I was so afraid that I would get bamboozled once again. So, are this you... This is going to be a really dark episode of the podcast. No. <laughs> There's been way darker ones. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. This is actually quite nice. Are you open to relationship now? I think so, yeah. I think 
I'm less spooked by the idea. Right. I'm, I'm more confident in my ability to... I have... So one of the things that's really been nice about me as a person is if I am disproved of my internal dialogue, it's easier for me to go forward and be like, oh, if it was not true in this scenario, then I can I can tell that I am being mentally ill right now and not right. realistic. Hmm. I opted out of so much BS so many times now that I am confident that I would, I would catch it even if I caught feelings for someone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm confident that I wouldn't put myself in that situation again, right. but I wasn't at the time. At the time I was like, this is going to happen again. I'm going to do it again. And I'm not going to be able to get out next time. Right. How would a relationship start? Well, I haven't done it yet, so... But how do you imagine <laughs> it progressing? Like, um, is someone who starts as a friend with benefits, or... I think right so. Up? Okay. I think that because my sex life was so messed up, mm-hmm. I need to know right off the bat if you're going to be into me and if we're going to vibe. That's, like, that's one of the reasons that I sleep with someone so quickly, although... I have decided recently that I'm going to change my method. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Um, But I need to know that there's going to be some chemistry and that you're going to be like fun to have sex with Mm -hmm. and be into me. So that is like a... What what makes someone fun to have sex with? Someone who doesn't just want to stick it in and be done in five minutes. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, giving... You, in both directions. You have that joke about your unicorn experience. Oh, the Amazon worker on Prime yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want someone to, to... The joke for listeners who are not comedians who've heard me tell this joke. But the joke is about the husband in the three-way that I had being good in bed. I keep talking to the microphone. That's, like it, yeah, that's okay. Um, There's someone there <laughs> later on. Um, so the, the joke, Amazon Worker on Prime Day, is about the husband and the couple being really good at sleeping with ladies. And 20 minutes in, he was sweating like an Amazon Worker on Prime Day. Yeah. Um, like he was stuffing boxes with unreasonable quotas is the joke. Yeah, it would be nice to date someone who fucks like an Amazon worker who has a union. <laughs> Who's relaxed, but yeah, also yeah, wants to do yeah, a good yeah, job. Yeah, like it, it does a good job. You yeah. know, it's still still like hard work, but, you know, they have a union representative so that if they get asked to do something unnecessary, they're not going to like have to poop in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's, that would be nice. It would be nice to be with someone who's down for that and respectful unless I specifically ask them to be disrespectful. <laughs> Um, and then that's a thing too. I, I'm into that kind of thing. So. <laughs> <laughs>